0: Right. all the stuff before the preaching went really fast tonight. You guys trying to like get out of church and go watch a Super Bowl or something? We sang that last song really fast and just everything's going real quick. Maybe y'all are just giving me more time to preach, so uh, I'll be watching for cell phones, making sure no the game doesn't start till after church anyway, does it? So I don't need to worry about rebuking anybody for paying attention to scores or anything like that. Hopefully, hopefully we're not that carnal, but it, it is Super Bowl Sunday. At least we're not so carnal. That we're canceling service not like some of them churches out there and uh, and literally some churches are doing that or really carnal and we're like watching it during church and so I just want to say ahead of time I'm offended by the halftime show uh, I think it was of the devil satanic and uh, I am really spiritual and I'd like the virtue signal right now how offended I am uh, by it and I know it hasn't happened yet but I'm sure it will be offensive and that's why I'm just not gonna watch it if I know I'm gonna be offended I just prefer to not be offended. It's like all the people that are assigned to watching my preaching just to wait to get offended so they can share it on Twitter and stuff. And there's uh, I'm amazed at how fast some of these things make it to the internet because it's like you just watch to get offended. Your life stinks. But that's another sermon for another day. So Proverbs chapter eighteen, verse twenty two. Notice what it says Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtain a favor of the Lord. And I want to preach tonight in honor of Valentine's Day, finding a wife in 2022. And so while I'm talking about finding a wife, uh, understand, you know, it might seem towards guys, but ladies, maybe this will help you figure out how to be found too, uh, if you are wanting to be found. And I say finding a wife in 2022, and there's a reason for that. And by the end of this message, I think you'll understand why I'm kind of so specific about that, because we're going to see finding a wife... How that works, how you have to do it, it is going to change a little bit over time. And uh, it's a very important thing we need to understand. But uh, right here, this verse that we see, we see that when a person does find a wife, that it is, it is a very good thing. They obtain favor of the Lord. Now, the Bible does not really give us a lot of specific details on the process of finding a wife. And I think there's some good reasons for that because finding a wife, it's not a matter of just following steps one, two, and three in the Bible. There's a lot of things that you have to factor in. And a lot of times people, they're looking for rules, okay? You know, and people tonight, if you think you're just going to listen to this sermon, you're going to take notes of everything I say to do, you, and you're going to do all these things, and it's just magically going to work for you. That's just not how these things work. And that's something people need to understand. There's a lot of things you have to factor in. And I think sometimes we get the wrong idea because, you know, it's so easy to get things, you know, like salvation figured out. The Bible lays it out real easy. There's some things the Bible is. It's just step one, two, and three, or even just step one. It's real clear. But, uh, you know, there are some things it's not like that. And we're not going to find a list of instructions in the Bible that tell us that if you do all these things out, all these things this way, you will get what you're looking for. It's just not there, and if it's there, I just haven't found it, and I don't think, I just, I don't really think it's there like that. I don't think that's how we're supposed to go about this. And I think what's happened, I don't want to get ahead of myself, a lot of preachers in the past, and I I grew up listening to a lot of this kind of preaching uh, from some different characters that were out there, but they would go back and they would study manners and customs of people in Bible times. And then they would declare those things as like Bible commands. And that was wrong. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But I think the most important thing people need to realize is that finding a wife, it can be a very difficult thing. Sometimes it is very difficult. It's not easy. And the first thing you need to understand when it comes to looking for a wife is that everyone's situation is unique. Everyone's situation is unique. The Bible says in Proverbs 31:10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. So understand it's not hard today to find a woman that will take you. Okay. Proof of that. You find the biggest losers out there. They got women that, you know, will some marry them, live with them, let those guys get them pregnant. I mean, guys without jobs, guys that are ugly, guys that are out of shape. And yet somehow they get wives. Now, the problem that a lot of guys have is you're looking for that virtuous woman that the Bible says who can find her. Now, I'm not I'm not telling anybody to settle or anything like that. But at at the same time, you've got to understand that that one that's far above rubies, they are hard to find. And that one that finds that wife, that's a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. It is it is a blessing if you've got that kind of wife. You are very blessed. And you know what? You ought to appreciate that. You ought to be thankful for that. You ought to thank God for that if he gave you that. But you know what? Everybody needs to understand they're not just out there all over the place. That That's not the case. And so just because someone made it look easy, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy for you. And there are there's some people, it's like they put no effort into it. They didn't even try. They got a virtuous woman. You know, and, and I mean... I was somebody who wasn't really trying. I had my plan that I had in my mind is I was going to get married at like 23. I was, that was kind of, I wanted a few years of being an adult and enjoying being an adult. And I turned 20 and fell in love real quick and got married real quick. And so I was married. Uh, yeah, I was married at just a little over 20 and wasn't even trying. Uh, it just happened, but it's real easy what happens a lot of times is people will look at someone else's situation where everything just fell in place. And then they're like, why isn't that happening to me? What am I doing wrong? And it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just you're a different person. And there's a lot of, there's so many things that have to be factored in. And a lot of times too, there's so much about their situation that we don't understand. We don't know everyone else's life. That's something we need, you need to understand. You know, it's easy for us to look at somebody like, lebron james who's making millions of dollars playing basketball and you know just be like i should have played basketball well here's the thing even if you'd play basketball you wouldn't have made millions of dollars like lebron james i joke about that kind of thing all the time but it's it's like it's we we think that we see anybody do anything and we think i could have done that no you couldn't have you know there's uh there's more that goes into being a great basketball player than just a little bit of practice. I mean, there's some, for one, I don't think I could have done it if I would have devoted my life to it because i am just physically, I'm too short. You know, I'm too white. I'm too, you know, I, I just, I don't think I could have, I don't think I could have ever made the pros if I had devoted my life to playing basketball. I, I, I don't believe that. And, you know, often we do, we look at people and we, don't understand there. A lot of times they do have a lot of things going for them. The Bible says too that one that finds a wife, he obtains favor of the Lord. Unfortunately, we often think that we understand why God blesses some people. You know, we think we can judge everybody and everybody's situation. We think we know why God does good to us and why he does bad to other people. You know, we don't know why God does things the way he does. We have no idea. But what we do, we see God really bless one individual and we think, well, you know, what's he doing different? You know what? You'll never figure that out. So don't even try. Don't even try to figure out, you know what? They got blessed. You haven't yet. It's just not God's will. That's just how these things are. You know, and where in the Bible does it teach that God has to give us all the same things in the same way? Because again, there's so much behind the scenes we don't know about. I mean, you don't know. Maybe that guy got that wife because he's got a super prayer life. But, you know, the truth is, if somebody has a super prayer life, you're probably not going to know it because they're probably not going to be talking about it all the time. You know, you don't you. We have no idea why God does things the way we do. You know, just because some poor, ugly guy gets a trophy wife doesn't mean you're going to. You know, we do. We always see that guy that's got the trophy wife. as like He must have money. Or, or, you know, or maybe it is because he's really good looking or something like that. We think we know why, but then, you know, we, we're always measuring ourselves up with other people. And I think single people can be the, well, even married people do that too. We're always measuring ourselves up amongst other people. You can't do that. Sometimes ugly guys get the good looking girls. You know, sometimes poor guys get the good looking girls too. You know, we don't know why women make some of the dumb choices they make. Sometimes that woman just made a really dumb choice. You know, you, we, we don't know these things, but the problem that everybody's ha- everybody has when it comes to all these things, everything they do in life, how they, you know, pursue a wife, how they do everything is they're always just trying to copy other people. And what you need to just do is follow God's will for your life. Find out what God wants you to do. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and let him let these things fall in place. Because you know what? Nobody can figure out how this stuff works. Nobody can. It's just, that's why you just need to make sure you're in God's will. When it comes to many relationships we see in the world today, most of these unions today, it probably came from a combination of luck and stupidity. It really did. Bad decisions by one, one person. I mean, and and, you know, I've seen it before. We're just, you know, young ladies who could have done so much better ended up with some loser and it's like, what, what happened? And the thing is, you know, that loser is the one that just asked first and that girl had no wisdom, sought no counsel. And you know what? Now she's off the market. You know, it's, it stinks, but that's just the way it is. And so we've got to, we've always got to remember everyone is unique. Everyone is their own individual. You can't be a carbon copy of someone else's life. And so just stop trying. Don't judge, you know, your results uh, of where you're at, you know, based on other people. Just forget that we're all different. Everybody's situation is different. And so the other thing you need to do, you need to be actively obeying and thriving in what God has given you to do today. Young people are the worst about always worrying about God's will for the distant future while ignoring his will for today. Right now, whatever your situation is, now is when you need to be laser focused on God's will. Stop thinking about, you know, well, what I'll do after I get married. No, what are you doing right now? Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. So what, what often what young people do, they're always saying, all right, Lord, if you give me this, if you give me that, if you give me this wife, then I will do this and this and this. I'm going to do all these things for you. That would be the same as if you went to your boss and said, I want a raise, but you're a sorry worker. But you tell him, but if you give me that raise, I'll become a good worker. I promise you, if you would just give me a raise, I know I've been worthless so far, but I will be a great worker if you give me that raise. You know what? It's not going to happen. The one that's probably going to get the raise is the one that's doing in th- very good at what they've already been given to do. And if you're thriving on that job, if you're successful in that area, and then you go to your boss and say, hey, I would like to do this too. He's like, well, you know what? You've been successful over here. I'll bet you'll be sex- successful here. In this area too, and, that, and young people, they're, you know, and a lot of guys, young, you know, you know, single guys, they're not thriving doing God's will. I mean, listen, I'm glad, you know, it's nice having freedom. Okay, there are some, there's some real benefits to being single too. You know, for one, you can spend, kind of spend your money how you want. You know, there's a, you know, a lot less stress, responsibility. I mean, obviously, being married is worth it. But here, here's the thing. You've got guys that are single playing video games all day. You're not doing anything for God. You know, they're just, you're doing everything for self. And then you think, well, if I get married, then I'm going to do great things for God. No. Listen, if you want the raise, do something good now. If you want, uh, you know, and, and again, if, if you're single, nobody's, nobody's picking on you. If you're single and you have the ability to buy nice things, buy a nice car, take nice vacations, all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. Have you ever heard people say, you know, dress for the job that you want and things like that? Well, you know what? You need to live like the life that you want. So the thing is, if you are wanting to be a husband and a father, then you should probably work a job that will make it where you can provide for a wife and for children. A lot of guys, they're single, so they don't need to make a lot of money. They can make very little money, survive, eat, play all the video games that they want. Or sometimes maybe they have a better job. They spend their money like crazy, you know, missing work for this, missing work for that, you know, going on all these trips and things. And listen, if that's what you've chosen for yourself, you have the right to do that. But if you want to be a husband and a father, you know, you can't really do stuff like that. And so what you need to do is you need to be responsible. Now you need to say, you know what this job I'm doing right now isn't good enough. That was the situation I was in. You know, I had a pretty crummy job when I was 18 and 19 years old and I didn't really care because I was living at home and I had money for spending. You know, I was eating fine, but then all of a sudden when I decided I wanted to get married then all then I'm like, and my, and my dad told me, he's like, you know what? You're not going to be able to get married making $8 an hour. And that's what I was making then. I was making $8 an hour. And so I was like, well, I guess I need to go get a better job. And I went and I got a job at the Walmart Distribution Center in Spring Valley, starting out at $11.50 an hour. And, you know, in 2000, that was pretty good. And, um, you know, I thought at least, you know, a 350 raise seemed, uh, that seemed like a pretty big deal, but that's how much I was making at first. And then I got a, a couple of raises. I think I was making 1250 an hour when I got married and we were flat busted broke all the time. And, but at, at the same time, I wish I'd have been prepped a little more for that. I wish I'd have been taught, you know, if you want to get a wife, you know, you need to prepare. So I was not prepared financially. That's another story for another day. But you know what, guys, prepare yourself financially, because I promise you, and you just need to understand this too, dads have a lot of influence on their daughters, okay? Now, when you get married, you know, you're going to become more influential than the dad, but at first, it's the dad, and you know what? If you're living on a McDonald's salary, you might be fine with that right now, but come talk to me and ask if you can marry my daughter, and I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to discriminate against you because of your wage. So, you know, I, don't, I think we ought to treat poor people just like we treat, you know, rich people. Not when it comes to my daughter, okay? Uh, as far as Christianity goes and church and everything like that, we'll treat you equal, we'll treat the poor people as just as well as we pre- uh, treat the rich people when it comes to asking for my daughter's hand, discrimination big time. I I, I, promise, I promise you that. So, you know, you need to... You need, you need to think about these things. And you know what? You need to be thriving in God's will. Right now, Proverbs 19, verse 14 says, Houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a, uh, a prudent wife is from the Lord. So, that, that, uh, again, anybody can get a wife, but a good wife. A virtuous woman. A prudent wife. That's something that comes from God, and God wants us to be happy but we've got to trust that he knows what will make us happy better than we do. You know, you've been watching all these, you know, teenage movies and young adult movies on TV. And so you think the floozy that looks really good is what's going to make you happy if you're going to win her. But you know what? God knows she'll make you miserable. God knows that. And so God is, you know, you've got to understand, you've got to trust that he knows what you need better. You know, a lot, a lot of times we think I'm ready for this. This is what I want. This is my plan. God's got other plans. So the thing that you've just got to do is be thriving in his will right now, serving him with all your heart right now. And if you're doing things for God, if you're accomplishing things for God, I'm telling you, God is going to give you the desires of your heart. You know what? Because, you know, I, I hope this doesn't seem, you know, disrespectful to me, but, you know, talking about God like an employer, but, you know, employers want good employees to be happy. We were just talking about that yesterday about, you know, this paternity leave. They're given six weeks paternity leave in a lot of jobs now. And I think it's because they kind of have to. And the, the thing is, I don't think the government should force employers to do things like that. But the thing is, you know, if I'm an employer and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to want to do things that are going to make good empo- good people want to work at my place. That's what I would do. I think it's stupid that, they're, that they have these minimum wages and that the government's trying to regulate all these things. It messes everything up. It ruins everything. But the truth is, if you're worth $20 an hour or whatever it is you're wanting, then somebody will pay you that. I promise you, if you're worth it, somebody will pay you that. And, you, uh, but, and because... There, You know, people, there's people, they want to get the good workers. They want to get the good employers. They want to keep them. They want them to be happy. So they're going to give good benefits. They're going to give vacation time. They're going to give all these things that you need because they want you in their company. And so we've got to understand it, But if we're doing nothing for God, then what's the point? Why does he need to keep you happy? Why does he need to give you the desires of your heart? You know, and so that's how it is. That's how it's going to be for any good employer. They want their workers. They want those who are serving them. They want those who are profitable to them to be happy because they want them staying with that company. If you're valuable, they don't want you leaving and going to some other company. So they're going to give you those things that you need. And if you do, if you want that raise, they're going to do it. But we've got a lot of people today. They've got this attitude. I'm saved. God owes me everything that I want. No, he doesn't. No, you know, I go to church. God owes me everything I want. No, he doesn't. God doesn't owe you anything. But I promise you, if you're accomplishing things for God, if you're doing great things for God, he's going to want you to be happy. So you got to ask him, what am I doing for God? And you know what a lot of people are doing? They're waiting for God to give them what they want. Then they'll do something for God. It's not the way it works. Do not go tell your boss how good of a worker you'll be if he gives you a raise. Go be that worker. Go be that worker and you'll probably get it without even asking. Because they're gonna want they're gonna want to keep you around, they're gonna make you happy. In fact, when I was making eight dollars an hour and I got uh and I got the job offer for the eleven fifty an hour, you know what my employer told me? We'll raise you to eleven fifty an hour. And then and then it just made me mad because I was like, I've been making this for all this time, and you could have been paying me an extra three fifty an hour? I'm out of here, you know, it, 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 it didn't work. It, it didn't work at all. But, you know, most people, they're, they're just kind of being worthless. Proverbs, uh, Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And so, you know, if you're not a good Christian while you're single, you're not going to be a good Christian when you're married with kids. Just It's just not going to happen. And you've got to be like Paul, whatever state. You're going to be content. And you've got to determine whatever state I'm in, whatever my marital status is, I'm going to serve God. And prove it while you're single. And you know what? I believe God will continue blessing. Now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Another thing too, when searching for a wife, You must recognize, this is real important, I want to spend some time on this, you must recognize the culture and the situation of your day, and I hate to sound like a trendy here, but but the Bible doesn't give us specifics on this, and I'm just, so I'm speaking from experience here, you've got to recognize the culture and the situation of your day, and you've got to be willing to follow certain customs. Okay, And you know what? I don't want you to come to me talking about dowry in the Bible and saying, you know what? Uh, I think you know, we ought to do it this way. I don't want you showing me some custom. I don't want you showing me some arranged marriage. You know what? You can think that all you want, but every person out there with a decent daughter is going to think you're a freak and nobody's going to let you marry their daughter. Okay, it's it's just not going to happen now. I personally think we should do some kind of dowry or something like that I think they should pay the dad Okay, I I I really do. I think my daughter's worth it. I mean the bible says far above rubies But you know, here's here here's the problem with that too. Okay one If I go and I say you know what? I want ten thousand dollars For my daughter Okay, well, well the problem with that if I get in a financial pinch I might be tempted to say yes (laughs) to a guy that I wouldn't normally. The good thing about having no money on the table and the fact I'm going to have to pay for the wedding is I'm really only focused on is he good for her or not. So there's probably some benefits to that. But at the same time, too, I do something like that. People are going to think I'm a freak and nobody's going to want my daughter because who does that kind of thing today? But, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons with that. But you know what? I can have these strong opinions all I want. And I might even be right on some things, but it's not going to help my situation because here's the thing. We have this attitude in America today and, you know, where we're right and everyone's wrong. But here's when it comes to marriage, it's not about just you and what you think anymore. Another person is coming along and we've got two becoming one. It's not about just you anymore. It's about her, you and her. She has a will. She has a family. She has desires and needs. She's got, she's got her own things and you've got to learn to live with that. And so in first Corinthians chapter seven in verse 25, it says now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. So notice he's talking when he's talking about virgins, he's talking specifically about giving them away. And he, he says, I have no commandment from the Lord. I think this is showing right here, you know, this isn't laid out in the Scripture somewhere, exactly the process. Okay, So when it comes to how I'm going to give my daughters away, I don't really have a spelled out command from the Lord. I do see from this passage too, we're going to read in a little bit, I'm not sinning when I give my daughter away. It's not a sin for me to do that. And it's also not a sin if I don't give her away. Now, as a father, I'm not going to go to my daughter... If she wants to get married and say, well, you know, the apostle Paul said it's not a sin. In fact, he thought I was even doing better if I kept my daughter. So I'm not going to let you get married. You know, I, I think that'd be a terrible thing to do as a father. You know, if she wants to get married and there and there's a good guy, you know, I should encourage that thing. And me going in using Paul's instruction there as like a command to stop her from getting married would be ridiculous. And folks, what people do. With 1 Corinthians 7, it, it blows my mind. We'll, we'll cover some of, some of that as we go. But it says, I suppose, therefore, uh, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. So if you're married, don't try to get away from her. Don't try to get divorced. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife, and I don't know. And I think what he's saying here, if you don't have one, some say, well, he's saying if you're loose. So if you've been divorced, don't you look for a wife? Well, I might agree with that too. But I think, I think when he's saying here, loosed is just you, you don't, you're not tied. You know, you're just not married. He's telling them not to seek a wife. Now, I don't think this is a command that you now cannot look for a wife. This it says, "But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned." Because you have today this group of you know, ultimate losers that are out there. The MGTOW crowd. And, and I've, I've been hammered by these people online multiple times. And they go to this passage all the time. And they teach it as a command that guys shouldn't go looking for wives. And I think that's one of the dumbest things in the world. These people just prove what novices they are all the time. I mean, I'm trying to find, I've tried, I was trying to think when I was studying for this, of, of a bigger group of losers than MGTOWs. <laughs> in america today i and and the thing is too they actually they say some things that are true and yet even when they get a hold of a nugget of truth they're such losers they take that truth and they use it to fail at life even more most of us when we get a nugget of truth that helps us in our life these guys gain a truth and they figure out a way to become bigger losers it really blows my mind But notice when Paul is given these instructions, he says it's for this present distress. He's saying for the situation that we are in right now, I think you're better off remaining single. Now, are things in America 2022 the exact same as they were in Corinth 2,000 years ago? No. It's not the same situation, folks. And so, you know, to... Take this instru- specific instruction he's given for a specific situation and apply it to our situation that's completely different today is very foolish. It, that, that's a very foolish thing to do, and yet that's what people are doing. And so he says here, I don't have any specific commandment, and I think that, again, because the Bible does not lay out a specific courtship plan, and it's always going to vary based on the situation. And when you're trying to find a wife, you've got to look at the situation that we're in and you've got to make plans based on that situation. You've got to recognize that current, and current situation and adjust accordingly while following Bible principles. And so, um, verse 25 says, now, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. So again, not going to any Old Testament scriptures, and so he's just giving his judgment here. Now what many did in like the Gothard crowd and that homeschool crowd in the 90s and stuff, they did, they were always going to the Old Testament trying to lay out a plan for giving away. I would hear preachers all the time quote the verse, ask me never so much dowry. In fact, turn over to Genesis chapter 34. And it's like really, you know, and they would, they would promote almost kind of like an arranged marriage in some ways. But listen, if there was a detailed way in the Bible outlined for doing this, Paul would have brought it up. And he, he didn't. And so, uh, whenever you find a girl that you want to pursue, it would be wise to kind of figure out her culture and follow the protocols of that culture. And I'm, I'm serious about that when trying to get her. Look what it says in Genesis 34.8. Says and Hamor communed with them, saying, "The soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter. I pray you give her him to wife." So notice these people in this city; they recognize the fact that you know Dinah is Jacob's daughter, she belongs to him, and so you know they don't want to risk a war with these people and stuff. So they're not just going to take her. Okay. Now in America today, if a girl turns eighteen, dads, we can't legally do anything. She can leave the house. And if we won't let her leave, we could probably get in trouble if she called the police on us. I mean, that's that and we need to understand that, folks. I believe daughters ought to remain under the authority of their fathers until they get married, but we better recognize the fact that we live in America and our legal system does not support us on that. And so when your daughter's turned eighteen, she can leave and go shack up with a bum, and there's nothing legally you can do about it. So you know what you better do, dads? You better get that girl's heart. You better make sure she loves the Lord, that she loves the word of God. You better make sure you teach her just how bad her life can be if she does shack up with some bum, because you don't have any legal power over your daughter. You, you, once she turns 18, you've got nothing and you know what? You got to adjust accordingly. We might have to do things a little bit different today. Then they did back then. So he said in verse 9, and make ye marriages with us, and give your daughters unto us, and take our daughters unto you. And ye shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade ye therein, and get you possessions therein. And Shechem said unto her father and unto her brethren, let me find grace in your eyes, and what ye shall say unto me, I will give. He said, hey, whatever I've got to do, I'll do it. Verse 12, ask me never so much dowry and gift. And I will give according as ye shall say unto me, but give me the damsel to wife. And so notice how Shechem and his father, they were willing to submit themselves to their customs because they recognized it was their daughter. Listen, guys, I don't care if the girl's dad's lost. It's his daughter. You know, I've, I don't care if they're of another, you know, they're maybe, you know, maybe she's saved and there's some other religion. I don't care if there's some other culture and I get it. American culture is better than all the other cultures, right? You know, I don't care what it is. You better honor the fact that it's her father and you better honor the fact too, that she does have a choice. Women always had a choice in the Bible. You know, Rebecca, when Abraham's servant came looking for her, her parents said, do you want to go with them? She said, I do. I, I want to go. Women had, women had a choice. I don't believe in forcing these kind of things. But listen, if you want a girl from a culture where they force her to marry a guy, you better go win over her dad. I mean, you know, and her parents. You know, you better do. You better do something like that. You know, that if that's if you really want her, that's what you're going to have to do. But you know, in the story, he was willing to do whatever he had to do. But unfortunately, Shechem he had made a major breach of protocol when he went and laid with Dinah when he first met her. Now, for his people, that was what they did. They were were not a righteous people. They did not have the law of God. That was was not their custom. But I don't believe he was like just this horrible person. I think he was just somebody that didn't know any better. But he really did love her. He wanted to marry her. But they were so offended because of this massive breach of protocol that you know what they did? They ended up deceiving him. And it was wrong what Israel did, or what Levi and Simeon did. It was wrong what they did. They told him, if you'll be like we are, if you'll all go get circumcised, all the men in your city, then you know what? We'll do this. And they went and did it. And then they went in and they killed all of them. And, and again, that was an overreaction. But it's what they did. You know why? Because he, he broke protocol And guys need to understand, if you're going to get a good IFB girl, there's a protocol you need to follow. There there is. And I said, I wish I could get up and just preach a sermon. This This is how you have to do it. And I can't, I can't do that from the Bible. But, I am from the IFB, I do know IFB protocol. And the IFB has come up with commands. You know, the, you know, the IFB has come up with extra biblical things on, on how these things are supposed to be done. And you know what? The things that they've come up with aren't necessarily bad. You can, you can have a custom. Dad, you can make something up. Listen, Dad, if you want to make it a requirement that a guy's got to do a lie detector test before he can date your daughter, go ahead. I mean, there's nothing the Bible says you can't do that. If you want to do a background check, if you want to take him on a, some kind of hunting or camping trip to make sure he's a real man, if you want to make him do, you know, you, know, you have a requirement he's got to do 50 push-ups. I mean, dads, you can make up those things. Do you all understand that? You can make up those things. And guys, if you want to marry a girl whose dad requires that the man be able to do 50 push-ups, I recommend you start working out and figure out how to do those 50 push-ups. Respect what they want you to do: respect the authority that they have. And in the IFB, it's very common that you know. I'll just tell you some of the protocols. Okay, if you see a girl in, uh, in another IFB church somewhere that you think, you know what? I'd like, I'd like to get that girl. <laughs> Typically, and it varies from place to place, but you know what? Don't go ask her for a phone number. Okay, don't do that. That that will get you in trouble. Oh, you can't show me anywhere in the Bible, right? I know. We're not talking about the Bible. We're talking about the IFB. Okay. Don't ask her for a phone number. You know what you got to do? Don't, don't ask her on a date. Ask her dad out on a date. <laughs> don't put, don't phrase it that way. <laughs> don't, don't phrase it that way. But you know what you got to do? You, you got you to gotta win her dad's heart over many times before you win her heart over. That's, the, that's just the way it is. And then you know what you got to do? You've got to go to him. And he is going to do a background check on you. He's going to call your pastor. That's what he's going to do. You better get in good with me. (laughs) Because (laughs) I'm not not going to lie to him. And that's, I mean, listen, I I would do that in a heartbeat. If I didn't know some guy and he was expressing interest in my daughter, I mean, you better believe I'm Googling him. You better believe I'm doing a background check and whatever I got to do. You better believe I'm looking for references. You know, you, you know I, I'm going to do that stuff. It's, it's my daughter. And if he doesn't like that, he can go find some other girl whose dad don't care. But you, you better follow their rules. Otherwise, that dad is going to turn that girl's heart away from you, and you're not going to get her. And, you know, I don't like jumping through all these hoops. Well, you know what? Everybody wants rubies for nothing. Just like everybody wants a paycheck for nothing. And I get it. We live in America. You get money for nothing all the time here, but you know what? You're not going to get that wife. Not a good one. Not a good one for nothing. Let me tell you about them IFB girls. They're worth it. Okay? Those ones, when you've got to go through the dad like that, let me tell you why they're worth it. Because those girls have self-respect. Those girls have been taught they have some value. Those girls have been protected. They've been loved. They are not cheap tramps. They're not. That is not how they are. I'm telling you, they are worth it. Those girls, you don't have to do anything for. A lot of times they've not been taught about the value that they have. And they and they many times have low self-esteem and it causes them to make some really bad choices. And that's why a lot of times you'll have that really good looking girl that ends up with some loser bum of a bozo. She probably didn't have a dad that taught her just how valued valuable she is, how much worth that she has. And I'm telling you, these girls where you got to jump through a lot of hoops and go through all the protocol, they're worth it. And the, the dating process stinks. I call it prison dating. It stinks. And you know what you're going to have to do? Once that interest is there, if he decides, all right, I'm going to let you pursue something, this is the way IV people are. Especially if it's the first one that's got married or the, you know, the first one dated, they are going to be crazy strict on you. They are, you know why? Because they're scared and they want to be in control. Okay. I have people are very controlling. They want to be in control of the situation. They are going to tell you how much you can talk to their daughter. They're going to tell you when they can talk to their, your, uh, you can talk to their daughter. They're going to put, I mean, it is, it's going to be like prison. They might even be monitoring the phone call and you better like it. <laughs> so I, I don't want to do it. And you're not going to get that girl. And trust me, once you get married, it's, it's all worth it. You know, it's all worth it. And I, you know, when, when I was dating my wife, I mean, those six months stunk. It stunk. But you know what? It was great after the honeymoon and it, it was worth it. But I'm telling you, you have to follow their protocol and just be careful, you know, breaking protocol, be careful, just, you know, instant, you know, uh, you know, I know we got Facebook Messenger and all that stuff, but I'm telling you you just go and start talking to an ifB girl online like that. They've been warned about that kind of thing so much it's gonna freak them out.' You're, you're gonna scare them off. and so uh, I, I I don't have a lot of time talking. I, we've talked about doing a gentle let sister or something about just ifB prison dating and just trying to give people some advice, young men because a lot of times guys are If they're not from that, if they didn't grow up in that, they're pursuing these IFB girls. And again, wise choice. But they're breaking all the protocols and and you you just don't know these things. And you don't know these things because they're not in the Bible. They're in the IFB. But you know what? I respect them I honor and I like them and I follow most of them. And any guy that's going to get my girl is, you know, he he can come to me with the Bible all at once. This is what they did in the Bible. I don't care. (laughs) It's not a command. That's just what they did. This is me. Alright, you want Dinah? You know, you can go get circumcised and they'll let you have her. But this is, this is my, this is my house. This is my daughter. That's not how it works. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask a little more. So, verse 26. I, uh, I already read that. So, verse 28 says, And if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. If a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. So, he, his reasoning is like you're going to have a lot there's going to be a great burden that you're going to have to deal with if you get married now in this present distress. But this I say, brethren, that the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of the world passeth away. So Paul makes it very clear. It's not a sin to get married. It just wasn't recommended then during that time for these people. And what every single person needs to understand, that it is okay to be single. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're choosing to remain single, it shouldn't be just so you could pamper yourself and do whatever you want for yourself. It should be to take advantage of this opportunity to serve the Lord in a way that married people might not be able to do. And that's one of the reasons Paul thought it was better for them not to be married, not just so they wouldn't have all the problems, because the problems that they were facing were ones involving the ministry and serving the Lord. It was a dangerous time to be serving the Lord. It was very difficult. And he felt that serving the Lord during that time was better than being married and having a family. And so uh, you know, he was not telling them not to be married so your life is just easier, so you don't have to worry about responsibilities. He was saying, you're better off not being married because you can actually do more for the Lord right now, unmarried. And a lot of guys today, if you're, just, if, if you're choosing to remain single so you can just play more video games, so you can get more TV time, so you can buy more stuff for yourself, well, you know, that's not really the best reason. That's not what Paul was talking about. And that's what MGTOW guys do. These MGTOW guys, they want to remain single so they have time to go dress up at their Comic Cons and things like that. So they can go play video games all day. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll, some of the MGTOW guys that listen to this, they will be offended and be getting all angry listening to this while playing a video game. Not while out serving the Lord. That you know, and so again, if you're using your time being single as an opportunity to do things for the Lord that you wouldn't normally be able to do, that's a really good reason to remain single. But too many people remain single today. For all the bad reasons but i'm telling you remain single for the good reasons be content in that and if the desire of your heart is to be married i believe that the lord will bless you but it's going to be in his time he's going to bless one guy in one month after getting right and another guy in 10 years i don't know why god does these things the way he does it's just but god god knows what he's doing so uh verse 32 but i would have i would have you without carefulness He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. The single person is concerned about pleasing the Lord. The MGTOW is concerned about pleasing himself. That's the difference there. The single person, they are single and so their focus is on serving the Lord. That's their focus that's what they get up and that's what they live for every day. That guy that's married, he's always thinking about his wife, he's always thinking about his kids. And you know what? That's okay. That's that's okay. God doesn't want you to neglect them. God wants you to take care God wants you to take care of them. But a lot of times, you know, there are other things involved in the ministry and stuff. They might go on the back burner a little bit. So just understand that if you're if you're single, you know, and if you're not if your focus is not 100% on serving the Lord and doing things for God, then don't sit around wondering why all these things aren't happening to you that are good. You know, Don't sit around wondering about that. No, you stay focused on serving the Lord. And if you need a wife, he'll send one along. Uh, and so, um, verse 33, but he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There's a difference. And, and you know, let me just stop there for a minute too. Some people are, some are single people, and I'm speaking general here, but they're so self-centered, they're so selfish, they want a wife so she can please him. That's, all, that, that's what they're looking for. I want a wife so she can please me. I want a wife so she can do everything I want her to do for me. Uh, but here, he says, he that is married, or care for the things of the world, how he may please his wife. You know what? You need to understand you getting married is not just about some woman now who can live to please you. Like you try to use God. You know, God is just what I have to help me get everything I want. And now, now I've got a woman to help with that. No, you need to be figuring out how to please her too. You better be taking care of her, loving her. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, how she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cared for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, that you may attend unto the Lord without distraction. Okay? Again, that's the, that's the whole thing about being single here. I want to see one of these MGTOW guys get on fire for God and actually be doing something for God. They're never doing that. They're never ever doing that. They love First Corinthians seven, but they ignore all this. the the uh, The whole thing the purpose of being single is so you can just serve the Lord more, and we don't see them doing that. It just it's not happening. So it says, but if uh, and, and priorities change and you get married and have kids, and that's okay. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age and need so require, let him do what he will, he sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power of his own will, and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well, so then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. I've heard some preachers say that if a daughter like if a woman's husband dies, she needs to go back under the authority of her father. Well, listen, I would always recommend taking your father's advice. You know, there's nothing wrong with listening to what he has to say, but I mean, come on. I mean, so, some of these single guys out there too, they do they think all women should be under the authority of a man. And just understand, in our culture, a lot of women that are out there, once they turn 18, they don't have to listen to their dads anymore. They should, but they don't have to. And so understand, if that dad is not trying to lead her, guess what? That didn't leave an opening for you to just come in and now tell her what to do. She can do what she wants, and there's nothing you can say about it until you get married. And and so the thing is, if that single girl whose dad isn't you know, because there's a lot of young ladies too, their dads don't really care. So you know what? You gotta figure out what she wants in that situation. And you better you better make sure, you know, you win her over, you know, without violating any of God's laws. So said so all these things we're seeing here, it shows that marriage it's not a requirement for happiness and being a productive Christian. Paul's saying you'd be more productive as a Christian if you weren't married. That's what Paul's showing here. So don't allow the culture to tell you what will make you happy. Let God do this. And so, uh, and instead of, if I may speak like Paul, you know, about our present distress. Because that's what Paul was doing, all right? And now we're in 2022. If I may speak like Paul, giving my opinion about our present situation, I still think marriage is wonderful. And that if you can find a wife, it's a wonderful thing. But you know what? Let's be real about the situation. Virtuous women are very hard to find in this 2022 American culture. I think it's probably harder to find than it was back then. I mean, it's tough. Feminism is destroying women. It's turning, turning them into something that no man would ever want. And you don't have to settle. Listen, if there were, if, if literally the only choice was Whoopi goldberg i mean you're better off being single i mean you know there's worse things that can happen than being single you know there's horrible horrible women out there and that's what's being promoted folks i mean not only is the view a lot of women lost the view i mean you'd be better off not being married than marrying one of their fans You know, you don't, you don't, so you don't have to just settle for one of them, but you know what? It might be your desire to be married, but again, just serve the Lord, serve the Lord. If you really need that virtuous woman, God will provide it for you. But marrying a woman today, marrying a woman today will put you at risk of losing everything and becoming a slave to that woman for a long time, especially if you have kids. Listen, she could dump your backside for no reason. That's America, folks. You'll probably have to pay your alimony. You'll have to pay child support. Um, that's, that's just reality. So I don't know how much you value your stuff, but you marry a girl, half of it's hers, maybe all of it. And that, that, that can happen. And I, I said, I believe, this is my, you know, I really believe that because of the slavery that we had in this country, that I believe we have been punished by god allowing there to be a permanent i I think god's punished us with allowing there to be a permanent welfare class of people in this country that we are forced to work for and you know what i think it was our fault we should own up to it you know what i believe that the feminist movement in our country is is man's fault you know because of the fact that when men were in control Men often were very abusive towards their wives. They did not take good care of them. And I believe we're suffering very much. I believe that a lot of what caused the feminist movement to get going, it was poor treatment uh, of women by men. And you know what? Look what we got as a result of it. What they're doing is not right. But again, you treat people like garbage. You should expect them to act like trash. And that's what they did. They didn't treat they didn't treat women good. They didn't value them. And look what we've got. We've got Whoopi Goldbergs. You know, we've got you know, Pete, you know Roseanne and uh, Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, just, just name any of them being featured out there today. It's absolutely horrific. But we uh, so when so when it was a man's world, it was when it was a man's world. It was closer to how things were supposed to be. But men took advantage of that situation. We are supposed to cherish our wives. We're supposed to love them, take care of them, be faithful. There was a time when men would not do all those things, and because it was a man's world, they'd still get their way, and the women suffered. And you know what? I think God saw that. And I do. I, you know, whenever, next time you watch The View and you're just repulsed and want to vomit, just look at that as the judgment of God. Look at what men not treating women right has done. Look, look at what it's produced. And you know what we've got to do is get back to just loving them like we're supposed to, taking care of them. And so if we're going to find a virtuous woman in this messed up country, I think the key is just delight yourself in the Lord. And contently, patiently wait for him to give you the desires of your heart while you are busy actively serving God and others. And I do believe we need to we need to repent of the sins of the previous generation. And make sure we do better when it comes to respecting women, showing them that they have value, treating them like ladies. Don't, you know, and again, feminism is so repulsive. It's one of the reasons MGTOWs look at women as trash. I get it. Those women are trashy, but they're, they're trashy because of people like you. And if we had real strong men that actually loved women, cared for them, treated them as, as valuable then they wouldn't act like that. They'd go back to being the June Cleavers and the stuff that we all want. You know that—that's what they would go back to. But you know what? Unfortunately, we're not—we're not treating them that way. And I do—I believe if you treat women like value, they're going to act like it. I think—I think that's the key. I think the reason, I, I, you know, I think we all have the wife that we act like we have. I do. I, I think—I think women respond. To, and that's because men we're the leaders, aren't we? We the leaders are we're the leaders of the home, and I, I think if your wife is acting like a brawling woman, there's a good chance it's because of you. Maybe you're not maybe you're not treating them good. You know why don't you take responsibility? Why don't you lead in uh, in this situation? Treat women like they have value. I think they're going to act like it. Treat them like a cheap tramp. They'll probably act like that too. So always remember, marriage does not equal happiness, and marrying the wrong person does equal misery. Proverbs 12, 4, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. And let me tell you, some people think, if I just had a wife, I just had a wife. There's a lot of people that have a wife, and you would not want their life. So the key is getting what God wants for you, and... I think the key, delight yourself in the Lord and serve Him. Serve Him, serve Him, serve Him. Be His best servant, and He is going to want to keep you happy. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that this message was a help to everybody, and I pray, Lord, that uh, we'll all take heed to these things. I uh, pray that uh, as uh, married men, that we will take care of our wives. We will love them, cherish them like we're supposed to do, treat them as, as valuable. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that young ladies uh, will understand their value they have, not fall for... Uh, just bad guys uh, help them to uh, realize their value that they have and i just pray hope all of us uh, to serve you the best we can and i pray uh, that we'll worry about what pleases you knowing that you'll uh, take care of us and give us the desires of our heart in your name we pray amen